Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We are here to talk about the challenge, Ride or Dies, Episode 6. Uh, my name is Alan Aguirre. I'm joined by my lovely co-host with the Vermontian Zoe Tromboli. Hi. The Southern Gentleman, Luke Muncy. What's up, guys? I'm going to go out right and say it. I didn't think this was a good episode of the challenge, and I I think it's been a good season. But overall, this was probably the weakest episode. From a storytelling aspect, it was solid because it compounded on last week's, but it, that's all it served as. Just like a stepping stone to Jay and Michelle's inevitable next scenario. I liked the episode overall. I thought it was compelling. And maybe it, I it's because I have a strong connection to the players involved. So I was on the edge of my seat for it. Um, and I was a little uncomfortable throughout it. But I think that was just because I care about everyone in it. But I, I didn't mind it. I I think at some point, while we're still in this trimming the fat, getting the numbers down, these kind of episodes are inevitable. And I thought it was the first good taste of like real animosity between some of these teams. I agree with that. Because we come in, let's jump into the episode. We come back from last week's elimination and Laurel and Jack are not happy with the outcome. They felt betrayed. Uh, Jack, very petty, very catty. Uh, he goes up to Jay. He's like, oh, are you going to apologize, JoJo, now that the cameras are on us? Uh, we got Laurel talking with Olivia. And it's a general cattiness and like drama that I really love. Because I love drama. But if it stems from gameplay, it's even better. No, I would agree. And I do think that they, I mean, I would too feel some type of way. But I love that he kind of checked Jay because I like Jay. But I do feel like he's one of these people that comes on here and says, ooh, I've got to earn my keep. I've got to do this in front of the camera. And sure, that's what the show's for, but I love that Jack called him out for that. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. Like, just if you're going to play that game, you got to own that game and own it moving forward. You can't go back to being besties. Um, maybe after the season's over, you can figure it out. But, like, if this is a competition, you can't just screw over a competitor and then pretend like everything's going to be fine. I just love when it's authentically messy. And... When it stems from gameplay, it leads into like better formats and better storylines for future seasons where, you know, maybe these two could be partnered for a rival season. Maybe it's not the strongest pairing, but it's something that like when you look back at like this is the scene we're going to put in there when like, like Jack and Jay, your partners. And they show that scene of him saying, oh, you're only doing it when the camera's on, you know, calling him out in the elimination arena. And and to add on to that, the thought of a Laurel and Michelle rivals pair is so chaotic because they're two totally different humans structurally intellectually emotionally that like it it it's riveting to think about it actually really mirrors laurel and car maria as the original rivals pair because i feel like michelle is very similar to old school car maria and how she plays um not like the physical competitor in a lot of ways Carmaria was but just emotional wreck needed protecting needing saving like I think I would be really compelled to watch that as a pairing someone commented under like a tweet I had that like Laurel and Michelle have such similar faces and they don't but they kind of do at the same time where I feel like like Laurel is like an evolved Pokemon version of Michelle uh <laughs> It's just like ones, you know, obviously much bigger than the other. And like, it's just like, so, since someone said that and they put the two photos next to each other, I can't unsee it. And I'm like, it's just so crazy because their dynamic is so different. And man, they would be a good rivals pair. 
Alvin, that tweet was Laurel and Carrie. Who? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I tweeted a picture of Laurel next to Carrie. Oh, but, oh, oh my bad. I, I'm just kidding. No, but no, I, <laughs> I do think that Laurel is, it's safe to say she's the evolved Pokemon here. That's true. We go from the animosity and the drama to really heavy emotion building with Anissa and Jordan talking about their friendship, how she's amazed by everything he does, uh, Giant Bananas and Nani talking about their partnership and emotions. And personally, I hated it. I just <laughs> felt like it was, I felt like it's a retread of confessionals and scenes we've already got in this show. And I think when it happens before a daily challenge, I don't really like it as much because like last week we had a pool party and like that got me hyped and it got me excited and i'm like all right let's let's get some physical competition now whereas my emotions were just really down and the daily challenge was kind of down and it just i don't know there was no momentum yeah and we've already like hit on it every single week as i'm sure everyone's feeling too so i won't go too long on it but the jordan and Issa thing they're not friends nani and johnny of course you can make that argument but even so, we as viewers know that they're friends because guess what the theme of this season is? Ride or dies. So I'd much rather have seen a pool party them drunk. Yeah, I'm with that. I do like another note on representation matters. Like, I think that we can hit that point, but I don't think we need to have Anissa talking about how amazing Jordan is every week. I agree. Representation does matter. We get it. Let's show it in some different ways. <laughs> Even in sequencing, that's like the thing to me where it's like if this had come after the daily challenge where they're like, you know, they've lost, they're a bit down and they just show appreciation for each other. I think that would that would resonate more. Whereas now it, it just starts the episode on such a low note, not low note, but I don't know, not the excited pace. Yeah. And it just doesn't like follow with the theme of the episode, I guess. I mean, it does, but it, I think the challenge production team like overdoes their foreshadowing sometimes where it's like, I wonder why we're getting this really intimate moment between Anissa and Jordan. Oh, wait, stay tuned. Yeah. That's always uh, an alarm to me. Whenever we start getting these moments from people, especially people we haven't heard from a lot. I'm like, something is going to happen with them in this episode. <clears throat> we had one more thing happen before the daily challenge and it was uh, the situation ship uh, that Horacio has going on at home. Apparently he doesn't have a girlfriend, but he has something at home that he cares, someone at home he cares about, and that breaks up him and Laurel's like cuddle ship going on, whatever that is. And she's heartbroken because she's like, "Damn, I thought I found my perfect man in two weeks on the challenge." And Horacio was actually a little upset because he's like, "That was my best friend in the house. That was the only person who like talked to me all day." He's like, "Olivia just hangs out with Nelson." I feel for him because I don't think he gave her any mixed signals. Like, sure they hugged, sure they spoke when they were out, but like, I think that he did view it as friendship. And we said this a couple weeks ago, but like, she made a lot of like passes at him of like, I'm flirting with you. Here's this. And he was just like, I'm timid. I don't really like pursue people. Almost kind of just like, I don't want to say letting her down easy, but not letting her think like, I'm enamored with you. But again, they're in this house 24-7 together. I can totally see where she was like, okay, this is my person. Yeah, I don't think he was intentionally leading her on. And I think that was like his light bulb moment where he realized he was leading her on and then had to come clean. I think he's just like too pure and too precious for this world because I think he is a genuinely really good guy. And I do think that he really cares about her. Like, I totally believe that. I just think things, he, it, he woke up to her feelings for him 
and realized that like he wasn't exactly where she was. It was endearing. I think he just generally liked having a buddy in the house, especially like he's not the most outgoing person. He's just, and she was going to be his friend no matter what. And like, just to have that person you can talk to, it, it goes a long way. And we got Laurel tears, which, you know, are authentic because one thing about that girl, I know she does not like to cry. No, she yeah, and she won't fake she won't fake anything for the cameras. Like nothing. Everything you get from her is a hundred percent real. All right. That is our pre-daily challenge portion. Now into the daily challenge. And this was a snooze fest, in my opinion. Uh players had to run over to uh, a dirt mound. They had to dig up the dirt mound. There was a, a bag of puzzle pieces in it. They grab one puzzle piece, their teammate then goes. Over to a crank, they have to crank it or something in the air. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, they have to then the other teammate digs up the second puzzle uh, bag that's deeper in the ground. They then run out to another area where they zip line down to the water. And what's funny is they showed a like a pretty realistic speed of zip lining, which was like not very fast, but it's much faster than swimming. But it just didn't look very cool. Um, what was it? Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Just gonna finish, and then they get to the ground uh, and they have to uh, unscramble some words, four words. And then the first thing to do that wins the daily challenge. Go into it, Luke. It was just almost like they're like, we have this really cool puzzle with some play on, you know, partnerships, pairs. How can we make this extreme? And it just didn't translate the best. They tried. They tried. Because, I mean, if it had just been a puzzle, we would be saying, okay, that was lame. But uh. before it even started, I realized that the of the getting to the zip line first it did not didn't really matter because it only gave your partner less time to get you closer so it really negated any advantage that there was i i didn't really get it from a vantage point too it was just tough camera work for them we're like we weren't getting a good view of them digging a good view of the zip line a good view of the swimming good view of the puzzle there was just like visually it wasn't fun to watch it took a long time like last week's Daily challenge took forever, but it was physically intensive and you were like left impressed by people. This daily challenge didn't really know what was going on a lot of the time, uh, really no real firm grasp of stuff. And, and it's, you know, they did Luke's favorite thing. It was two heats for some reason. I don't know why it was two heats. And my only justification for that, I guess, is that there's so many teams still left in the game, but it just doesn't do it for me because it's not a true like race at that point. And this this challenge in particular had me really wondering if people's bags were buried at different depths because there was such a stark contrast between how quick some people were get, digging out their bags and how others just couldn't find them. And I, I do not put it past production to try and hand certain people wins because Nani and Bananas and Tori and Devin got their bags so fast. Yeah, and I remember when Laurel and Jack, who like, Laurel was the one person who did not get her back. Uh... When she when they first got there and I saw them digging, Jack was not digging well at all. He was like, eh. Laurel was doing double hand like like a pro, and she couldn't find her bag at all. I'm like, she was doing great. I was like, man, that girl that girl knows how to dig. Yeah, I mean, and from a production standpoint, I suppose you wouldn't want Laurel and Jack to win because it'd be obvious what they'd do. Uh, I don't know. It just sometimes it's just really obvious what's going on. And did they have the same set of words for both sides? Like, <laughs> yeah, I th yeah, I think so. I'm guessing they made the first heat go somewhere else, but the other heat got 
got Amigo way faster than everybody else did. But there were more Hispanic people in the second heat too, so maybe, maybe that was it. <laughs> Tough look for Deva as, as a dyslexic in this challenge. Tough look. Um, but yeah, Olivia Horacio coming second overall, which if this was a tribunal season, um, they would be in like multiple tribunals. They still haven't won a daily, but they've come really close a lot of times. Jay and Michelle get the win. Uh, it's a come from behind win of sorts. Good for them. It's, it, it's like they should actually be very proud. You win two daily challenges in a row. That's like extremely impressive. But everything else that's like just overshadowing it really just, it's hard to really appreciate it. It is. And I am very happy that Horacio and Olivia did end up getting second because they took no heat. Like, okay, cool. We can be proud that we won our heat, but Jay and Michelle are back in the hot seat. You know, this only makes Olivia and Horacio, who, as we've said, we've grown to love, this makes them look even better. Like, they're still friends with everybody. They flew under the radar in this episode, outside of the love triangle sort of thing that was going on. Like, they were very low-key. Yeah, Olivia is, like, very clearly, like, one of their star children now. Because uh, she, she gets those confessionals where you're like, She's, she's not even anywhere related to this storyline. Why did she just get a confessional right now? And those are like, that's when you know MTV loves you. We then come out of the Daily Challenge. Jay and Michelle have gotten the win. They have to do their nominations. And, well, they're a mess again. So, okay. Should we say who they nominated first, or should we say who they should have nominated first? Because... Yeah, go. I mean, honestly, you go for it. Let's say who they should have nominated. In my opinion, you don't rock the boat anymore. There, there are two options, and I'll be quick with this. You nominate the same three people you nominated last week, plus Johnny and Nani. It's just so clear cut. You don't ruffle any more feathers. And for all the detractors last week, you said you should have nominated Johnny and Nani. Okay, well, now we did. Or you realize that last week blew up in your face. You go to the vets because you're in a place of power and say, listen, I'm sorry for the messy gameplay last week. I would love to work with you all. Who do you think we should put in? It still puts them on the bottom of the vets' numbers, but the vets are more likely to win than these other pairs on the outside. But instead, we get them nominating Jack and Laurel, Jordan and Anissa, Nani and Johnny, and not Veronica and Darrell. They nominate Casey and uh, whatever her brother's name is. Okay, And I get they're trying to throw Nani and Johnny a bone there, but they didn't think about how that would be received by the house which I think is a fatal flaw that Michelle and Jay both have. They, they think in the moment, not about any repercussions. I think they were really between a rock and a hard place. And I don't think there was much they were going to be able to do this week to make things better. I think it would have blown up on them regardless, but I do think they somehow did make it worse. They made the right nominations for last week. It's a week late. That's the problem. And it's just like, it doesn't like recover that fact. Uh, they did not obviously like think like like Luke said about the repercussions fully or how it would come off. And they're just overall a mess. And I think it's crazy because they, they want to play strategically, but they're playing so much with their emotions and their emotions are just getting picked apart by these vets with so much ease. I, I cannot tell you how many times during this episode I said, I said to myself, Michelle is way too soft for this game. Like she, she can make it fun because she is so erratic. Well, I just think that also like the 
the production of it all made it seem like Jay was maybe like the strong code in that situation. And he was like comforting her. He's just as equally, if not more like reactive. She's at least trying to consider all the possibilities where he's just like, nope, guns blazing. You've got to do this. This is the only option. Here we are. And I, I honestly feel like both of them could have benefited greatly from a different partner who could ground those emotions. Uh, but together, they're just like a really bad, great at puzzles, but really bad reactionary team. Rough, just rough. Um, they don't really take good ownership of their moves or anything like that. Let's talk about the like interrogations. Uh, Casey and Kenny. This is actually probably the first time in Casey's entire career where she's actually been up for elimination. Uh, on Double Agents and Spies, Lies, and Allies, uh, that are total madness. The point was you had to get a gold school. And that was the only reason she ever went into elimination. Uh, on last season, I mean, she even she, she even went up to Amanda's like, well, how about you face me in elimination? You're going to call someone out. Like, there's literally never been any fear of Casey going in. And so this was like maybe the first time she's ever seen herself nominated. And she actually cracked a smile and laughed because it was something new to her. Uh, she's just so boring that even in the nomination, I was like, like, obviously she was upset that she was nominated. I totally get that. But it just seemed out of place because we've not seen her so far. It, like in the back of my head, it's like, oh, sure, she'd be nominated. She's a background character. I know she's not in the house. We're just not seeing it. Uh, but it is a fun thing to see her kind of like in the hot seat for once. Yeah, and it brings out an interesting dynamic with Nani, too, because not it turns Nani into like this feisty, protective girlfriend, which I love. Um, and Kenny's there, too, which he is the worst casting decision maybe ever. Definitely. Nani and Bananas, their interrogation scene was incredible because you could just see um, Michelle and Jay were like, oh, we tried to make this the best situation for you. Uh, that way you guys have a two and three shot to make sure you don't go into elimination. Uh, we, we really just want to do the best possible scenario for you guys. And as Zoe said, she got territorial. And she was like, no, this is a, an all-out offense on both of us as a pair. And now we'll be going after you. Uh, and Michelle's like, oh, my God, I put my entire game last week on the line for an IOU and the IOU is already gone. It is a bit of a contradiction, though, because one thing I will say about Michelle, after her hysterics and in the interrogation, she handled her nomination with grace. And I honestly think if it had just been Nani, she would have as well. Throwing in Casey is like pushing the knife and digging in deeper. However, it is so hard to navigate that because it's not like Michelle and Jay have like an add-on that is so integral to their game that like if you nominate them, I'm pissed at you. I, I think the intentions truly were to help out Nani and Johnny and Casey and Kenny, but obviously it's not going to be received that way because like you're jeopardizing both of them now. I think it was blind side for Nani. I think. I agree. I think it was a blind side for Nani. But I also think there's never been like a greater miscalculation between friendship and game relationship than Michelle with Nani, where I mean, and I get it, too, because if I went to a challenge house and me and Nani were friends, like I would I would I just I want her to love me. I want her to love me like with everything. And to see that, like she has other people she prioritizes and your game relationship isn't the same. It has to be heartbreaking. And I do have to say this. Nani. Her years of being the person who played like Michelle emotionally, where she just was always a friend. She always put her game on the line for other people. The fact she's now playing selfishly for herself is just catching everyone off guard. 
because people expect something out of her. And now he's like, no, I'm going to play like bananas this season because I want to win. Yeah. And I, I honestly think Zoe said this earlier in this episode that if Michelle had just stood in what she did, it'd be received so much better. And I keep saying Michelle as if Jay's not an equal contributor, but Michelle's doing the majority of the talking. If she had just said, you know what, Nani, you threw me in a couple of weeks ago. I did not feel like there was a lo- loyalty there outside this game. I love you, but in this game, I've got to do what's best for me. I truly think Nani would still be pissed, but would be like, okay, cool. But this whole like trying to pander to the emotions and their friendship, it's getting old because Nani clarified like week two, we don't have a friendship. I mean, I think it's like a friendship, but it's not on the level that Michelle thinks. I think there was a friendship. I don't know that there is anymore. No, Nani will eat Reese's peanut butter cups as she calls them. With Michelle, she will drink wine and talk about life with her. But when it comes to the game, she already has her own portfolio, her own like itinerary and who is a priority to her. Uh, you just mentioned Jay, though, Luke. And let's talk about Jay because Jordan put him in a body bag, in my opinion. Jordan, literally, he put the entire game on, on the line in an objective way where he's all like, well, you're telling people this, your actions say this, you're telling me this. Like, I have no idea what's going on. There's no way I can trust you. You're playing a scared game. And he got to be Jordan finally. He's like, he's been waiting to be that asshole all season. And it was perfect. And it was just, it was just the perfect amount of asshole that was subjective and objective at the same time. And Jay, his skin was crawling. He was, he was on his toes. He lost it. Like I just watched him unravel and it was fascinating to me because I was like, I don't think Jordan was saying anything that out of character or that surprising, but I was shocked at how offended and upset that she was. I was like, Oh, fragile ego. Okay. I see it. I understand. Yeah. I do think it's mostly fragile ego, but, but they, well, I should say Jordan and even Anissa made really strong points in that. Like you keep coming to us and telling us these things and then the next time we see you, we're jeopardized because of this. Again, just shut up, Jay and Michelle. Like I almost said earlier, I wish we could have seen some of these conversations before the nomination with like Nani and Johnny, but we did with Jordan and Anissa. Like, duh, they're going to react the way that they did. I almost wish we could have seen some conversations between Michelle and the army that she's building that they alluded to later in the episode. But I'm halfway considering that it's not even happening like she's just bouncing ideas off amber b which isn't the best idea either which jay just throwing a shot at amber b and chauncey the nominations like and maybe we should just nominate them because they're dead weight and just not a great look at all no it's not I, I just couldn't believe how much jordan got to jay and it was just like jordan was having so much fun with it too where i mean jay tried to throw, throw back like oh no jordan you're the one who's actually scared and afraid and it's like dude jordan pulled all those kill cards on free agents knowing he only had one arm to punch in a wall, knowing he was going to get eliminated. That dude's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of, like, he's got a CT, he's got a car, he's got a West. He's not afraid of you right now. And it's just so funny because he did throw himself into elimination with his actions. Uh, there was already, like, a high chance he was going in because, you know, Casey and Nani were going to be the draw. But he just wanted to prove a point, and that's he got under Jay's emotions. And he proved like Jay's game to him by him throwing him into elimination. And I think Jay and Michelle are both still relying on their survivor persona that they expertly had, by the way, of like, I'm an underdog. I'm up against everybody, but I'm still going to be triumphant. This is a totally different game. 
like these are not a fresh batch of people coming in to play this game that have never done it before. Like you offend them, like they're going to offend you right back. Whereas in Survivor, like things can change week to week. The challenge is sometimes like that, but like these deep rooted relationships, you've known these people for years because both of them have at least a year at this point, like there's going to be backlash. They made their bed. They got to, they got to line it. I'm sorry. My I'm full disclosure. My connection is so glitchy. So we're making the best that we can out of this right now. We're having, we're having a great time here. And <laughs> I got to give respect to Anissa for being a legit ride or die. Because in this moment, she was like, yeah, Jordan's putting us in elimination, but Jordan isn't wrong. I'm going to let Jordan be Jordan because I'm riding with him in this moment because he's just speaking facts. Yeah. And there I say, I'm not hating Anissa this season. And we'll talk more about it later. But I feel like she's actually doing something more than just exist, which is cool to see. She did, though, like blend in perfectly with the background of one of her confessional outfits. It was the exact same design and color as the background. I was like, oh, man. That must have gave production trouble. Uh, they, there's one more thing before we get to the elimination arena, and that's Fessy uh, cuddling up with Laurel and saying one of the most cringe things on the planet. Does Horacio hug you like this? Which, if you say that when, like, saying that as a human being, as a grown man, cringeworthy, crazy. What the hell is he saying off camera? Right. And I hate to do this, but I do want to backtrack just a second to the nomination ceremony. Laurel and Jack definitely took on a whole different persona this week. And Laurel was more open. And she was like, you know what? If you do not put us in, that'll speak wonders to me. Sure, she probably didn't mean it. But like she thought last week, me being bold and brash with Michelle did not work. So this week, to avoid being the person that they solely nominate to go in, I'm going to play this up like Jack did last week with Jay. And I and it happens later. We see what happens, but like I thought that was interesting how quickly they switch up their gameplay. Agree. That was it was big of her. Um, and then she crawled into bed with Fessy. Yeah, and then yeah, Fessy says, "Does Horacio hug you like this?" And good lord, I just how could you? How can a grown man say that on camera? Well, and him too being like, "I was trying to figure out my options. You were trying to figure out your options." I'm like, "No, Horacio and Laura are done, and Colleen left the game." She was eliminated. That's why you are looking for a new option. What? You know, you're at Chipotle. They say they don't have any chicken or any steak. You're like, well, I guess I'm getting carnitas. Like, that's that's what's going on right here. Uh, <laughs> they get to the elimination arena. Time for the draw. Uh, Jay puts down uh, Jordan because he's in his feels. Um, <laughs> they have the draw. Nani draws first. She immediately gets the safe. And, like, Obviously, it's a one in three chance, so you have, anyone's going to have a good shot of pulling it. But Laurel's face when Nani immediately pulls it, it was like, oh, that seemed a little rigged. Yeah. That was my thought, too, honestly. I was like, I wonder if production told Nani exactly where that thing was. And I don't, I don't, I don't put it like not against them, but it was just like Laurel's face is what really sold it for me. In a perfect world, uh, Laurel would have drawn the safe. Because she wouldn't have thrown in Johnny and Nani. She would have thrown in Kenny and Casey. And we could have been rid of those vermin. But it definitely seemed like production's like, hey, Nani, Johnny, like, let's just definitely guarantee this. It's right here. It's right in front of you. And what I do appreciate is the fact that, you know, I think we were all expecting uh, Nani just to immediately say, like, oh, I'm saving my girlfriend, Casey, right now, immediately. And instead... 
she actually talked about it. Like, this is like, I, I've been playing this game with Laurel for years. Bananas, like, I'm so close with Laurel. This is someone I actually have, like, I love and care about. And it was actually, like, very heartfelt because, I mean, Laurel really just thought to herself, yeah, he's throwing me in. And then it wasn't just that. She got a really good moment of, like, friendship. Yeah, but which was great. And then I had to laugh and Laurel was like, and I don't want this right now. I do not want to be sappy going to elimination. I want to be pissed. Um, but so it real. wouldn't have been right for Nani and Johnny to be like, oh, screw you. You're going in. That wouldn't have been them. No, and they had to say that because it was true. That's how they felt. They were put in a shitty position and they wanted to be honest with Laurel that the, this is literally the last scenario in which the what all the stars aligned that they had to do this. We then have Anissa and Jordan against Laurel and Jack. Uh, X's Jordan and Laurel and Elimination. Uh, when was the last time we had X's in Elimination? Do we count Hunter and Ashley? I don't think we count Hunter and Ashley, do we? I don't know. Wes and Kellyanne on Rivals 3, that was the thing that happened, but they never acknowledged that thing going on. So, yeah, X's in Elimination. Good stuff. The Elimination is a, a simple cardio game. They have to carry a bunch of cinder blocks from one area to another once they do that a bunch of balls get released a bunch of dodgeballs and then they have to throw the balls at 10 targets uh when you're done one person will be defending the goal for their team the other person will be throwing it's a it's a i don't know i won't say it's a cool elimination it was, it was an elimination i think it and correct me if i'm wrong because this is the first time it's came to my mind i feel like it may be even the playing field a bit just because it wasn't going to be something where like Laurel would completely smoke Anissa, Jordan would completely smoke Jack. <sighs> I don't know. It did, it did and it didn't. And maybe this is like the softball snob in me though, because like throwing a ball is a very specific skill and you are either good at it. Or you're not. Or you're and not. Jordan is excellent at throwing. Jordan was scouted as a high school pitcher for, by the Detroit Tigers. He had the potential to be at least a minor league baseball player at the very least. He was a uh, – at Central Oklahoma, he walked on and was their backup quarterback. The guy has a cannon for an arm. I mean, when you, you only use one hand, you know, I'm sure he's pretty strong. Uh, uh, he has a cannon, and he's fast, and he's just good at stuff. Uh, Laurel, very athletic, but didn't really have the throwing motion down. And I was surprised she wasn't in goal when she was like a volleyball player. You would think that would be maybe very good for blocking shots. Um, maybe Jack just wasn't confident in his throwing ability either. Jack did not look athletic in, in the defending, and it made me really question if he'd be able to throw a ball either. That's what I mean. Like, Jordan was the person in this elimination that can throw, and Anissa didn't look coordinated either. I know they were trying to give her credit, but they she was blocking the balls because Laurel wasn't good at throwing. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, it's funny to say, like, this was definitely Jordan's thing. It's and it was, but it's crazy to think that pretty much everything is Jordan's thing. He's just that skilled. Except Paul Russell. Literally Except everything Paul but Russell. that. Uh, but I will say, like, Jordan and Anissa outworked, outsmarted, and outskilled them. Because when it came to carrying the blocks, Jordan was like, all right, we're going to carry – well, well, Laurel and Jack were carrying two senior blocks. Like, we're going to carry four. Because Anissa, you're not beating Laurel in a straight-up check race. We're going to play it efficiently because you probably probably walk at the same pace you run at this point. Uh <laughs> 
I was surprised that at no point George, uh, Jack and Laurel looked over and didn't say, oh, we could do that too. Like I, that always surprises me when that doesn't happen. It felt like a total rookie mistake from Laurel that you don't usually see either. I don't want to say she was checked out because I definitely think she was still in, but I think she had two pretty rough weeks back to back and she was just over it. Plus Jack's not the best partner. No, she was overwhelmed and he's lackluster. Like I like him as a person. But yeah, he just, he just, it just didn't translate when it came to the competition. And it just, it really sucks to see because he's a character like Zoe is saying, it sucks. It just sucks that he's not that guy. And I will say, like, Laurel has these moments when she competes where you see the vintage Laurel. And I, and I, I truly think that Laurel might very well be still, like, the best female competitor on this cast right now. The problem is she's not the Laurel she used to be. And that old version of Laurel was just on another level where she could carry any opponent to a win, whereas the Laurel we see now is just a very good elite competitor. And it happens like this in sports all the time. LeBron James is still amazing, but he's struggling with the Lakers because he can't carry a bad team the way he was able to before. Yeah, and I feel for her because I know that, well, I'm not going to say I personally know, but we see on our television screens, she's really hard on herself. And like this was not a solo elimination. If this had been Laurel versus Anissa, duh, but it wasn't. Like she was also up against Jack and had a weight of her own to carry, which was Jack. And it's not like Laurel hasn't, it's not like Anissa hasn't ever won eliminations. Like Anissa, you know, we saw her, we saw her beat Tori recently. We've seen her, you know, pull off a lot of daily challenge wins and stuff like that. So it's not like Anissa's like a total, like even though we like shit on her because she can't win a final, she's still good at certain stuff. I don't think she was particularly good at this, though. Like, I think no, I'm not. I'm, but yeah, it's just a it's a level like, of competency and like experience and just being in the arena. And one thing yeah, about her, she is confident. <laughs> very confident. Yeah, I was watching this, and my feeling leaving it was Jordan beat Laurel. The end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about some counting stats real quick. Jordan is now eight and two in eliminations. That ties him with West. For the best male elimination record ever through 10 eliminations. Uh, Anissa now has 11 wins. She's 11 and 11. Uh, 500. Not a, not a winning percentage. Not a losing percentage. Right? Stab in the middle. Second all-time elimination wins. Uh, Laurel was second with her previously. Uh, Laurel's 10 and 3 now. And, you know, she wins the elimination. She's, like, knocking on Cara Maria's door for most female elimination wins. Jordan has some records he could approach. Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. I mean, it's impressive that Jordan won with Anissa. I mean, I think that in and of itself makes his elimination record more impressive. Jordan being eight into an elimination is just really crazy too. Because I mean, when you think about him, you think about daily challenges. You think about him dominating finals. He just has this feat too now, where he has the best elimination record through ten eliminations. Guys, I mean, he's a modern day legend. I loved watching him talk shit to Michelle and Jay right before he hit that last shot too. Like that was iconic. That's, that's a hall of fame real moment. That is earned confidence. Yes. So we come out of this week, uh, Laurel and Jack are gone. TJ calls Laurel one of the goats, which I love because oftentimes it feels like MTV doesn't always celebrate its female champions. Uh, 
as they deserve to be. So seeing TJ put that honor on her name, especially when the last time Laurel lost elimination, uh, they were at each other's necks. Mm-hmm. Well, and two, like Laurel is a goat. And yes, she only has one win, but if she'd done as many seasons as some of some of her female counterparts had done before, she'd have way more than one win. She just had a life outside of the show, which a lot of them lack. And she stopped doing more seasons like at her peak, too. Mm-hmm. Like she made a resurgence. If she had continued after she won free agents, she would have way more wins, like you said. It's funny, too, because like free agents wasn't even her peak. That was her after not training for a few years coming back. And single-handedly beating all her biggest threats in the final before the final, dominating the final. Only reason it was ever even close is because Zach Nichols' bitch ass died on the mountain. Yeah, so Laurel's Laurel's just good. I mean, one-time champion, but like pound for pound, never really seen anyone dominate the game just like her. And man, if she ever decides to train for the show, oh my god, people are people are done. I will say. Her and Jack, I'll give Jack credit. Her and Jack both are in a lot better shape now. They were even talking about it on an Instagram story the other day. Like, imagine if we'd actually been in this shape for this. I think that Laurel, I mean, she's done with vet school. It's not like she has to go and, like, work because she doesn't own her own practice. I can see her coming back for a few more seasons and hopefully a solo one. Because if it's a solo season, like, she's killing it. That or with a female pair. Like, I could see her with a female rival, and I would be totally into that. Um, but, yeah, don't pair her with Jack again, please. We say that with love. <laughs> I do really like him. He's just... Yeah. He drags my girl down. That's our episode for the week. Next week, Michelle and Jay, Rude Awakening, just straight up. There's no way there, there isn't going to be that and it's going to be either they win the daily challenge or they're going into elimination there's no other way around it they've angered half the house i mean even tori and devon were pissed off last week uh based on them voting in jordan and Issa. so the whole house is on them this whole nominating four teams thing i would not want to win personally let alone twice in a row i feel for them but yeah it's it's going to be rough for them going forward may the force be with them Subscribe to us on Apple, iTunes, YouTube, like, comment, at Caffeine Confessionals, at Steve Confessionals, at Zoe Trimbo, at Final Reckoning, at the Alan Geary. And we'll be back next week. I don't know if we'll be back next week. It might be Thanksgiving. I don't know when we're going to get this. I don't know what plans are. Hopefully we'll have a podcast next week. Have a great one.